Welcome to Frameline. I'm Barbara Gosofsky. On today's show, I feature an interview that I did with Barbara Koppel about her latest film, New Homeland. That film will have a Canadian premiere during the Doc Soup series, and those screenings will be taking place April 3rd, 4th, and 6th at the Hot Docs Ted Rogers Cinema. Go to hotdogs.ca and you'll get those details. Barbara Koppel will be there for each screening and she will participate in a Q&A. Just some info to introduce my interview with Barbara, which will tell you a bit more about the film and about how Barbara you know, was working with it. It is an intimate look at a group of people, a group of refugees trying to build a new home after fleeing the traumas of war. They're Syrian and Iraqi refugees, and the children, some of the children, are invited to a boys' summer camp, and Barbara follows the families, and, of course, she goes along and follows the, the adventures of the boys at summer camp. It's their first time away from home. It's their first time really intermingling so so intensely as we all do if we go to summer camp uh, with other people with strangers, right? So let me just uh, tell you a bit about the producing partners for New Homeland. It's a film from Cabin Creek Film in partnership with Now This. Now, Cabin Creek Film is Barbara Koppel's company, which I'll tell you about in a second. But just a little info. Now This is the number one social news publisher in the world. They strive to make news engaging and relevant for young adults by giving them insights and contacts from a youth perspective. And they've been doing this since 2012, providing videos created for the mobile generation. And they received 2.5 billion views. Now, as I said, Cabin Creek Films is Barbara Koppel's production company. Her company is a two-time award-winning production company based in New York City. Uh, of course, this, the specialty is documentary production, but also they've received awards for excellence in nonfiction filmmaking, having partnered with some of the big players in specialty channels like HBO. Film productions include Harlan County, USA, American Dream, New Homeland, Miss Sharon Jones, and Shut Up and Sing. So, again, New Homeland is focusing on a group of refugees from Syria and Iraq, and it's their first time that, that some of the children are away from home, and they're going to a summer boys camp in Algonquin. It's a, it's a touching film, and one that showcases Barbara Koppel's unique gift of revealing the universality of hopes and dreams and experience. So, here is my interview with Barbara Koppel. Now, at first glance, New Homeland appears to be a bit of a departure. It's a film that's not shot in the United States. And in fact, it features refugees from Iraq and Syria settling in Canada and what happens to them when they go away to summer camp here. Um, but of course, the key Barbara Koppel elements that we all know and love starts to shine, start to shine through. So we'll talk about those in a, in a second. And let's just start with how the project, how you got involved with this project. Okay. Uh, I just felt very strongly that I wanted to do something on refugees. And in a sense, when I talk about um, a refugee, it's somebody that had to leave their home not by choice, but because they had to. They had to protect their family and 
They wanted to change the nightmare and the things that they were seeing and experiencing and going through. And one of the people that I work with, who's also one of the producers on the film, Eric Foreman, um, <clears throat> knew that I wanted to do this. And he had a high school or a college reunion. And he went and one of the people said, you know, the camp we went to together when we were very young, Camp Pathfinder is accepting Syrian and Iraqi boys. And suddenly lights went out and Eric came racing back and he said, you know, do you want to do this? And I said, yes, I'd love to. And so we called up Michael Sladden, who's the owner of Camp Pathfinder, and asked him, you know, why are you doing this? And he said that he had been troubled by the anti-immigrant environment that had developed in our country, the United States, um, and he's American also. And he wanted to start to embrace these people and their children, and that's how it started. He gave us a hard time at first, but then he relented and let us come and film. Was part of the hard time his fear of uh, what would happen when a camera crew was there? I know you work with a small yes. crew, but you know you really yes. get up close and personal with all of them. Well, he had never worked. He had never worked with us before, and he wanted these kids, these young people, to have the most wonderful experience of their lives and not hinder anybody. And this camp is 104 years old. He's been going to it since he's been 11 years old. It's a boys' camp, and he just wanted to make sure that us being there wouldn't change the experience for them. Mm-hmm. And so what was the experience for you? You know, I know that you, you value intimate interviews quite highly, and that, that is a feature of your work, is the way that you managed to do that. And like I said, part of that is a small crew. But in some of the situations, I, you know, if, you st- if I stopped and thought about, you know, this, you're talking to a certain boy in a certain situation, and I thought, and yet, it, no matter how small the crew, he's still on camera with you, and camera person, you know, what was that like for you? Uh, well, being there was incredible because I just feel that being in nature and watching these young people and, you know, the many challenges that they have to go through, which to me in a sense are universal, of making friends, of being somewhere for the first time, and it's all of us go through it. And so... I just felt so happy to get up in the morning and bathe in the cold lake because there was no running water, there was no electricity. We lived in tents, um, you know, in sleeping <laughs> bags, and I loved every second of it. I mean, how often do we get to go away and just experience nature and canoeing mm-hmm. and swimming? And it was beautiful. Mm-hmm. And it must have been quite an experience and to watch these boys and what they went through. You know, yeah. I know that you value, like with your cinema verite style, you really value being able to watch people um, develop and change, you know, out as you're filming them. Yeah, I mean, these young people had been through hell in their own homelands. And one of the, two of the boys, you know, their father was thought to be murdered and they saw explosions and people die and all of these families 
had witnessed such horrors and gone through so much. And to be able to see them canoe and hike and play and play dodgeball and learn to swim and they were just, you know, bursting mm-hmm. with sort of a youthful impatience and exuberance over everything. And I think that it built a lot of confidence and a sense of accomplishment and overcoming fears. It was it was great. And the most important thing was building friendships with each other and with new people, with Canadians and Americans, mm-hmm. and perhaps and- lifelong friends. Mike Slad. Sladden, who's the um, owner of the camp, mm-hmm. uh, really, too, talks about how important it is for young people to get away and to be part of nature and to see each other face-to-face rather than being on their cell phones. And, of course, the Majid boys are phone-sick. They miss being on their phones. Oh, yeah, yeah. So... For a small bit of time, they really got to uh, be able to be part of nature. What struck you about um, the program, the fact that Canadians are able to sponsor refugees and they, they themselves, the sponsor families, have built a relationship? Three refugee families in the film were welcomed by private Canadian sponsors in this incredible program. And what happens is that the Canadian sponsors are given a family, they pick them up at the airport when they first come in, and all of every single one of the sponsors that was amazing was inspired by this photo of this young boy who had died trying to escape of a dead refugee child um, the one on the beach, by the side right? of the sea. Yes. Mm-hmm. And for them, it's an amazing commitment because they agreed to take responsibility of these families for a year in terms of their accommodations, health care, help with paperwork, clothing, food, schooling, friendship, learning English. I mean, they just gave of themselves and became so close and most of them are still very involved in in these families' lives and feel like that's part of their extended family. So it's really beautiful. Mm-hmm. The whole thing is actually like it's it's really eye opening. Um, even as a Canadian, uh, that because we we heard about the the project, we heard about people sponsoring. Uh, refugees, families, and their relationships, and there were little—I only got glimpses of uh, and little glimpses of these these relationships. But for for us to see it in the film more clearly, all the relationships really. When I think of the sponsor yeah, family, yeah, and I think and I think Canada has just celebrated the 40th year of its refugee program, and. It started, I guess, during um, the crisis of the boat people and people in peril fleeing from Vietnam and things like that. So this has really touched the heart of Canadians Mm -hmm. for a long time. And I think Canada is now, for the first time, of course, way over America, of being, you know, very successful and the most successful 
country in the world of taking in refugees and helping them, and I think that's pretty phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this this tendency in your work of, make, of making political statements as well, I mean, I don't think you set out to make a political uh, statement, right? Um, that that's not no. your be-all and end-all um, of making this film, but that often ends up happening, or it's often the impetus, like with, with the film about the Dixie Chicks, like it it starts the conversation, and in this case, it starts the conversation. And even though this was filmed in Canada, and it's a specific, um, specific type of experience, especially with the boys at summer camp, it's you still manage a political statement. You know, even in the way that that you know, this is what's happening in Canada, and you make a reference to this could never happen in the states. That's that's true, but I don't really say that. I think people hopefully just pick that up for themselves that kind of information <laughs> and and i just think that really what this is all about is that these refugee parents express universal feelings that many of us as parents have and see in ourselves mm-hmm. and they were traumatized and they just want what's wonderful for their children and to see them have a great future and an education and be safe and have friends and loved. And that's a lot of what this is all about, that we're all the same. Exactly. Some of us have gone through very traumatic situations and seen something and we've left everything behind. Um, The Zinn family, the mother, um, early on in the film, talks about, you know, how she has to leave um, her family and everything that's beautiful and everything that's good she's leaving behind and she doesn't know if she'll ever see her mother again. And her mother says to her, you know, just take care of yourself and your family and this is your fate. You must go. Mm -hmm. So being torn apart in that way is so difficult. Yeah, I mean, that may not be something we could relate to, but we can certainly relate to the family bonds within the refugee family, like parents wanting the best for their children and their fears and their their worries, even even for a child to go away from them for the first time. You know, he's, he's not going to get home tonight, and uh, or he's not going to be here for, you know, like two weeks. Those kinds of fears, right? Exactly. Right? Yeah, I think that. Oh you no! Know. Exactly. That this that same family, the Zinn family, having the last dinner with you know their parents, yeah. and the parent and the mother and the father saying all these things that they have to do over and over again, like okay, yeah, be good to your friends, get a lot of sleep, eat well, pick up after yourself. You know, all these different <laughs> things, which. Every family would do, you know. Every family wants to hopefully protect their children and wants the best for them. Mm-hmm. When when the children were finally at the camp, and you know, after a couple of days, they loosened up a bit and, and started to get into things. Were you surprised in any way by how some of them adapted? Uh, well, you know, this film shows warts and all, and one of the young people um, was a 14-year-old boy named Omar, and he has, you know, his father 
he grew up without a father. He had to have he went live went to live in Turkey after he left Iraq and they had to form gangs and, you know, be protected and he saw some really terrible things and um he is very troubled and he came to camp and, you know, had a difficult time adjusting and so it it shows all the different things that trauma can do to people. But and then on the other hand, uh, what was it was was for me joyous to see, uh, you know, in a positive way was the development of someone like the little Muhammad. I called him little Muhammad yeah. because he was the shorter one, right? Yeah. Um, the development. Yes, we all like... did. <laughs> so well, he also. Little Muhammad also um, came from a home where there were just he and his father, and he was surrounded by six women, his mother and five sisters. (laughs) This was the first time that he had ever been at a boys' camp surrounded by lots of boys and away from, you know, his family ever. Mm-hmm. And he was adorable. He you have so much empathy for him. Yeah. And yeah. he came from a home that you could see was full of love and full of joy and his father just adored every single child and was so full of enthusiasm and love. And and your takeaway from, from this watching you know, you you had the privilege of watching this this all unfold, and and you, I think you brought it to us in, in such a rich, fulfilling way that we get to see it. You know, um, in fact, uh, you know, I think that's that that this film ended up showing us the, when cinema verite really works. You know, when when that kind of style of filmmaking that. This is the the type of payoff you get. You get this sort of rich and an invitation into this experience that is so so full in so many ways for the viewer. And oh, that's so nice of you to say. It's <laughs> so great. Yeah, that's exactly but how I felt. Me, oh, thank you. I mean, and thank you from all these families and. Also, too, the families are going to be seeing this film um, in Toronto for the first time at Hot Docs, um, mm-hmm. Doc Soup. And so that's going to be very exciting that they're all coming and they're all going to be able to see themselves on screen and hopefully talk to an audience. And I think also, too, for me, that this film serves in a way, if it's if there is a political statement, as a call to all of us who see it to ask ourselves how our own communities and organizations or families can play a role in helping refugees, just as the Canadian sponsors did and the camp director so givingly chose to do. So mm-hmm. hopefully all of us can figure out a way to fill this vacuum. And for you as a filmmaker, with uh, your your long and rich career in filmmaking, and, and you know, with, with this, it feels know. like yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> really? <laughs> yes, yes. It's like it, each film is a new adventure. 
And does this and feel like beginning. it's part of it? Does it feel like it's part of an ongoing adventure as well? An ongoing adventure in Cinema Verite, for example. It just feels wonderful to be able to explore and see who people are and what they're about. I love every minute of it. I get excited um, as if it's the first time. You, you know, sometimes when the Cinema Verite style allows things to come out and happen, um, that it cannot come out in any other way except through that style of, of documentary filmmaking, this because of the intimacy and because you're so good at bringing out that intimacy with your subjects. You know, you have this gift with wow. people. It appears, I don't know you, but it appears from the filmmaking that you have this gift <laughs> with people, right? And so when things come Well, out, I love people. I love people. And I'm always curious. And I always want to see them bloom. And I always want to see who they are. And I I love doing it. That was my conversation with Barbara Koppel, two-time Academy Award-winning filmmaker. She made the classic Harlan County, USA, among so many other fantastic films. Now we get to see the new film, New Homeland. I'll go over the information again for you so you don't miss it. Uh, don't forget to go to hotdocs.ca. It's uh, it's being shown during Doc Soup, which is a hot dog series presented at the Hot Docs Cinema. The screenings will be on Wednesday, April 3rd, Thursday, April 4th, and Sunday, April 6th. Hotdocs.ca. Don't miss it. She will be there at every screening to talk to the audience. That's it for Frameline. Thanks for listening.